welcome to Slayerfest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. I'm Kirsten White. I'm Alistair Patton. And I'm Meg Emerson. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad you're all here with me. Uh, we are here to discuss the first episode of Firefly. Um, I This will be my first time going through the show all the way, but I picked the three of you because the three of you are big fans of the show and also know more about it than I do. So I'm going to be the one being like, hmm, what was this? And you'll all probably know what I'm like getting at or what I'm lost on. Um, we will be going through episode by episode. This is going to be the first episode that is released as a regular episode, and the rest will be on Slayerfest 98's Patreon. Yeah, so this first episode is called Serenity. It is a little long. We discussed this before recording. Yeah, Kirsten and Meg, you both even said, like, you thought it could have been edited down. Give us give us your edited down uh, defense. Oh, yeah. Okay. There are just so many threads going on, and there's so much introduction of information. I feel like we could have lost the entire section that I have labeled, oh, no, war, space war. <laughs> <laughs> It's in the, you know it's in the future because they're guns, but they have a slight laser sound effect. Like that whole sequence, a looked like it was expensive, but also looks terrible. Um, and then also it gives us backstory that we get later in more interesting ways. And so I think cutting that whole sequence, and then you have that dynamic between Mal and Zoe where she calls him sir and follows all his orders, and it really bothers Wash. Like that then is more intriguing because you're like, what? what is this dynamic? What is this loyalty from? We don't need all of that in the first episode. I would rather have just seen that and been intrigued by it. Um, I also think you've got so many antagonists in this episode you have the um and now i'm forgetting what it's called the official space government dudes the alliance the alliance thank you i'm thinking the union the, the federation <laughs> like it's always one of those yeah. words yeah you have the alliance you have the reavers and then you have the random like skeezy i'm a businessman dude and also the woman who shot him which was such a great ongoing joke loved it but like <laughs> That was so, there was so many things. And I feel like you could have easily cut um, some of those threads in order to condense this into one really intriguing um, single episode. Like I think if they had just referenced the Reavers and never actually encountered them, again, you're dropping these threads where, where your viewer is going to be like, what is that though? And just like, and then just move on because it's an accepted fact of their reality, right? So I feel like, um, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad episode, but I feel like they tried to do so much they really could easily have streamlined this into a really punchy, intriguing forty-five minute episode. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was hubris on uh, Joss Whedon's part in terms of trying to make it a two-hour episode and mm. nobody telling him, no, you got to make it a one-hour episode. Because I feel like if they would have told him that, then maybe they could have avoided avoided a lot of the problems down, I down the line. Anytime somebody says, was it hubris on Joss Whedon's part, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just about to say that. I was like, yeah, I mean, it probably was. I feel like at this point, like Buffy had ended, what, like maybe two years prior to this or a year? No. No, they were filming concurrently. Yeah, they were filming. Yeah. So yeah. it was like the peak of his, like, he had exploded and like he was a name. So I feel like it was almost like, so I often think of this with like David Lynch or even Ryan Murphy or even Lady Gaga. Like they just need a better editor. Someone who's like, no, don't do that. Yeah. You're not doing that. 
100%. Everybody needs somebody in their life to tell them not everything you shit is gold. Right. <laughs> okay, so like speaking of um, the intro song, first of all, I'm going to give you something that you can never unhear. And it's that anytime somebody says the sky, hear this guy. So he's singing, you can't take this guy from me. Yeah. <laughs> that better. But, but, you know, I've always kind of thought that intro song was, was cheesy. Actually, the music for this entire series bothers me. Um, it is. And then, and then I noticed this time for the first time, guess who wrote the song? Joss Whedon. Yep. Wait, <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> he wrote the intro song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually really love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why. It just feels so westerny to me. Yeah, and I do like that. I like that they leaned so far into the space western. Um, I love yeah. that. But it's, yes, yeah. it's, it's the space version of that I'm proud to be an American song. Yeah. It's the exact same vibe. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it is. <laughs> Wait, that's funny because I put in my <laughs> I put in my notes that the score and the theme song definitely told me at one point my mom should go back to her own country, even though Puerto Rico is part of America. <laughs> that's 100 percent the vibe yeah you know there were actually some interesting some choices where like how um and i don't know if it comes up in this episode but how they call the the sort of rebels brown coats brown coats were nazis oh god really yeah so i'm just really wondering like what did nobody i guess they didn't have did they have google back then i can't remember what is time (laughs) um but like that was a bad term choice because my husband knows a lot of history he knows a lot of world war one and world war ii history and when we watched the show together he's like wait so so mal and zoe were nazis <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was i don't think the, they were supposed to... why they renamed the fandom the fandom used to call themselves brown coats yeah yeah, yeah. No. now what do they use fireflies is it fireflies that's what i've heard it doesn't have the same unfortunate connotations i think if if steampunk hadn't been so popular when this was popular it's just that people wanted battlestar galactica but with more imperialism (laughs) and so everybody had a brown leather duster and some goggles and you could really spin that into anything you could spin that into victorian airship porn or you could be space cowboys who speak chinese even though nobody's chinese but the extras (laughs) i I was was going to bring that up oh yeah we have to talk about that that is some bullshit (laughs) because <laughs> I, I was like what i was like what am i missing that why are they speaking chinese and yeah. there's no chinese character like what's going on i mean hand it to fucking joss man in the future more people speak chinese than any other language on earth because by the numbers that makes sense but also we can't show you any actual chinese people because right. i'm incapable of, of casting more than one person of color and they have to be hot because <laughs> the, the, be the alliance is actually a union between uh it's like uh, the U.S., China, and uh, different industries. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the, what do you call it? It's the East India Trading Company. Yeah. You know what, yeah, Meg? I, I feel like you sent, you mentioning steampunk is what I was thinking. Because I was like, this is definitely like Joss meets Star Trek meets something else. And it's definitely like the steampunk. Like it's not, the aesthetic isn't as ridiculous, but it's definitely like, a step closer to that definitely and it was um, it was the vibe back then yeah, yeah and it really was i mean i feel like any convention you went to there was like a bajillion people dressed as just like steampunk mm-hmm. like that was their costume there's <laughs> always a poly steampunk couple at every convention and like she's in a corset <laughs> and he's in a top hat and they are definitely on the prowl and they are <laughs> doggedly holding on to that aesthetic but they're the last ones <laughs> 
Um, but so, Kirsten, uh, you mentioned the beginning, and I, when I, I will say, when I started the episode, I was like, wait, did I start the wrong episode? Because it's just yeah. there's so much war, like yeah. space war, going on that I was like, did I, I miss something, right? And I rewound it. I was like, oh, nope, this is the beginning. This is how it no, begins. I've totally cut uh, that section and done it as like brief flashbacks to explain yeah. why Mal is the bag of shit that he is. It shouldn't yeah. open with that. Six yeah. Yeah. years ago, are you kidding me? Start where the story <laughs> starts, Joss. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely felt a little too, like I, I, I felt the first, maybe the first forty minutes, felt so much like there was just so much exposition going on and introduction. Yeah. But then I did, I, like, I was like, I don't know that I like this. But then the last forty-five minutes, I was like, oh, I do like this. Mm-hmm. This is where like it's good. And I was trying to think of better ways because I guess like, of course, we need the introduction of all these characters, but I don't know that we needed the first like, it's just so slow moving yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and we, we go from like space war to space war to space chase. And it's like, Meh, I need I need more of just these characters. Like, I think yeah. within the first hour, Kaylee literally always sees her running to fix like the engine and that's it. And it's like, the I don't know. There was a little bit too much of that where it's like, oh, we got to fix this. We got to do this. We're being chased. Um, I think there's a little more of Kaylee. Like she gets to make the big sales pitch on how good her ship is. I feel like that's an excellent character moment for her. And then, of course, she gets shot because she won't be adorable to us if she's not horribly distressed (laughs) in the very first episode. (laughs) I I love Kaylee. She's such a great character. I also love love her sitting out trying to get customers. She's got the umbrella. But then my favorite thing is she's sitting in one of those cheap camp backyard chairs like yeah i'm glad all the things we took into space with us it was that (laughs) she gives them the best i think aesthetic of being like living on the fringes of society because everything she owns looks like it came out of a dump so you have like this ancient plastic chair and then even her parasol like it's brightly colored Mm -hmm. and it it makes her look girlish but it's also rice paper and there's a fucking hole in it yeah yeah is that umbrella because i was like oh this is like the iconic umbrella is that the only time we see it, or is that like we? That's like a prop she uses throughout the series. I don't think that's the iconic umbrella. I think the one that comes up later has like lace trim and is much it's more like a. Dress. Yeah, oh. yeah, that's not her fancy parasol. That's like her walking around parasol. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I knew that she did have. So full disclosure, I was like, I don't know that I watched this first episode, but then like, at the halfway point, I was like, wait, I do remember this because I watched. <laughs> One summer when I was unemployed and living in New York and Firefly was on Netflix, I think. Yeah. I watched the first five episodes and I had already seen the movie because I was like, you know, that was like, I was like, oh, if there's a Firefly movie, maybe there'll be a Buffy movie. I have to support this movie. (gasps) So I like saw the movie without having seen the show and bought the movie without having seen the show um, because I felt bad that it was canceled. I was like, oh, I'm a bad fan. Like it was canceled because I didn't watch. So I knew like... I, I knew where the where it ends up. I know where it ends. Um, and I did like the movie, even out of context. I still enjoyed it. And yeah, so I, I couldn't remember what I had seen. I thought maybe I hadn't... I didn't remember the first episode being so freaking long, but I definitely did watch this. Mm-hmm. But the things I remember, like when Kaylee gets shot, I was like, wait, do I not remember her meeting in the movie? Was she not in it? I thought she was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was. I, I think it was just really confusing. Uh, Firefly in general was really confusing, especially back then. You didn't know what episode was the first episode. Mm-hmm. I remember I didn't have access to it, and I Googled what episode was the first episode, but it gave me the second episode of The Train Job. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I, I tried to download it off of Frostwire or like the other LimeWire thing. Yeah. And it ended up being a pornography. I was like, I don't think that this is it. <laughs> 
bit like, wow, this show wasn't what I expected. <laughs> what, what is this? <laughs> I spent a day and a half downloading this. <laughs> oh God, I remember those days. And it'd be like a shitty version or the wrong thing. You'd be like, oh, I spent so long downloading this. I, I, I even thought it was like a parody of the <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can get some clues. What about? But no. So the general that is like chasing them, I wanted to point out that's the Hoffrin. Oh that shit! Actor. Yeah, <laughs> I did not recognize him out of makeup. I recognized. I was like, ooh, I, I was like, I know this guy, and then I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's the Hoffrin. That's why he loves to carry the same actors. Yeah, who's the guy? Who's the um the plant on the ship? The he's ship. in like every Joss Whedon thing. He's, yeah. yeah, he was in. Buffy, I couldn't remember. He's in the first episode of season three of Buffy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's also he's like in a lot of other stuff too. Mm-hmm. He, he's the guy that's like recruiting all the young kids to come into that like hell dimension. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, because I'm like, I know he was, a, he was bad in Buffy, but I couldn't remember who he was. Yeah. And the, yeah. the thief guy, he's from either Buffy or Angel, but I couldn't place him. Uh, Which guy? The, the one in the Den of Thieves where they all draw their guns. Oh. The one who won't oh, buy yeah, the Alliance yeah. Threads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Couldn't place him. I, I always wonder that because Joss, I feel like just is like, I mean, I mentioned him before, but like David Lynch, where he just really likes to reuse, even like if it's like a character from one episode, he really likes to reuse these same actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the actors seem to like to come back, but also what actor would say no to a job with a famous director, right? Right. Like... <laughs> you know, I never liked Nathan Fillion as Caleb. I always thought that was mm. clumsy casting. He's much better as Mal. Yes. Yes. He's perfect as Mal and so good. Yeah. Yeah. His, his casting while I, and I don't know if, so I know that Kirsten, you and I had talked a little bit about this, that some of, some aspects of the show did not age well. And in ways that I, like, I didn't remember having a problem with Mal. I remember finding him charming immediately. Yeah. And in this, I was like, hmm, I kind of hate Mal. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would still sleep with Mal, but I didn't (laughs) know that I liked him. (laughs) His phobia is really difficult on rewatch. Like, yeah it, it it bleeds through so badly and that's such an issue for joss and he really cannot handle it and he's so i mean it's it's unvarnished seething hatred for her for what she does for how she makes money for her power with her body and it's it's inexcusable i remember not picking it up the first time that i watched it because i was like okay that's a normal thing that men say and then i i on rewatch i was really disoriented by it It, it's pretty disgusting yeah Yeah. i I noticed that on rewatch this time too and then i'm I'm not sure if we were supposed to dislike him because of it in the first place because everybody else on the ship is fine with it even Shepard. yeah it's just it's just mal's issue with it really yeah it's just mal everybody else knows that this is a normal part of a well-ordered society has everybody yeah. read the the ultimate outcome for Inara's character? Because it made me want to fucking burn him at the stake. I have not. Is that in the comics? Yeah, uh, it's not in the comics. It's from like some long lost show diary. Oh no. So Inara was eventually supposed to be kidnapped and like gang raped and like Ugh. yeah. So she survives and she's fine, but she's I mean she's not fine. She's alive, but she's utterly broken and destroyed. And then and only then does Mal treat her like a human being worthy of respect. And that's the big moment where he gets over his whorephobia. It's like because she's raped. Right. Gets over it. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, Joss, how I have loved you, how I have hated you. <laughs> 
<laughs> the the struggle of being adjusted. It's uh, it's not easy. It's not for the way to play for hard. And I I think Nathan Fillion and uh, Joss Whedon were playing Mal's character as being very backwoods, whereas everybody was very accepting of everything. Uh, Mal was very, like I guess, traditional in a sense. Yeah, Mal's like everybody's Vietnam vet dad. <laughs> he hasn't gotten over his PTSD. He has really conventional values. He hates the government. He's barely squeaking out a living. Like. The, the last oh time God, I watched right. it, yeah, it really came home to me. I was like, this is your dad who came home from Vietnam and won't talk about his war. Like, this is very specific and very American. And he's yeah. extremely flawed. Yeah. Extremely flawed. But hilarious, but flawed. Um, yeah, so I have seen him in person. I saw Nathan Fillion in Comic-Con walking on the floor, just like walked past him. I can confirm his line that they can't die because they are very, very pretty is correct. Yeah. Oh, I love that line. Oh, it's such a good line. I mean, it's, it's in the very beginning when he's giving like a pep talk to his soldiers. He says, we can't die. Do you know why? Because we are so very pretty. And it's such a good line. But he could have put it somewhere else. He could have cut that section and put that good line elsewhere. Um, so my issue with Mal is this. And I don't think it bothered me so much the first watch through. But when I watched it with my kids, including my teenage daughter, and I watch it now, I cannot with the slut shaming. and And it's... Okay, so the way he treats Inara and the things that he says to her, even though they say time and time again that her profession is respectable and it's like licensed, she's the only one of them that's making an honest living, but he he talks to her so terribly. And then when the lesser Baldwin says something terrible to Kaylee about how she's experiencing sexual thoughts, Mal like loses it with him and kicks him out. So So Kaylee cannot be talked to that way but inara can and like yeah. yes that that was a thing that for me like i even if we're supposed to be painting these men as bad that felt weirdly unbalanced right that felt yeah. like wait you just yelled at him for a dirty mouth but you called inara a whore in front of this like preacher man to embarrass her mm-hmm. and that was okay yeah i think that mal chooses to use the word whore in the tone of voice that he does in that moment not only to embarrass her, but also to express his disdain for her and to signal to everybody on his ship that his disdain should be their disdain. It's also, it's done to humiliate her, to undermine her, to to negate any respect or admiration that people might have had for her. I think he's angry because she's beautiful. He hates that he responds to that, so he wants to take something away from her. Yeah, I mean, I agree, absolutely. The fact that you have kind of this this virgin and whore dynamic where Kaylee, even though she's not, um, she's also sexually active, but but she's worthy of protection and coddling and Inara gets disdain. And, and you know, Mal weaponized it against both Book and Inara. He wanted to make them both ashamed and uncomfortable. And it is, it's, it's so viscerally awful, um, the way that he talks to her, the way that he treats her. And it also goes against their world building because they've established right. this world building where it's a fairly prestigious profession it's regulated it's you know used in really like high class circles and and so it it doesn't work on so many levels and it is my absolute least favorite thing about firefly and and same yeah i just i can't and also just the way the show treats inara in general like in my notes i have a lot of notes that say oh good we're getting inara vision again where we yeah soft close-ups of her face and then pan over her back as she's washing herself for no actual reason again talking about things that could get cut and then you have 
so many scenes of characters going into Inara's pot like ship and having these sort of sort of deep conversations with her, but they actually never make sense. So she functions for other other characters to sort of dump their insecurities and their fears on, and then she gives them these weird platitudes back, and then they continue to dismiss her and you know, it just I, I yeah, I can't I can't with Anara. Like the way that the show treats her from from balance says to the way that it films her is all just so objectifying. No, I was going to say that you're right that she also performs ongoing emotional and spiritual labor for basically nothing and never gets like there are other characters that perform that function for an ensemble cast like I'm thinking of Guinan in Star Trek The Next Generation specifically and she's never even afforded the basic respect you'd give to a fucking bartender yeah (laughs) that's true (laughs) like yeah that and it's weird because I mean what you said Jerson really was the thing that stood out to me was that like you know, they, they like in, you know, in this world, this, her, her like profession is called companion, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like the world that they've built is this is a profession. This is, you know, regulated. This is a thing. And so it's very weird that like all, everyone else is like, yeah, that's her profession. But Mal, Mal's the only one that's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. This woman, how dare she have sex it's, when so- it's like, but in this world, that's a job. I don't understand why we're doing this. And I- when, when her and him have good scenes, they have good scenes yeah. where he's not being a total dick. Yeah. So I don't, if like, I really liked, you know, I felt like he was being a dick, but I, this was like a, I liked this scene when she says, if you're taking them off, then I'm getting off the ship too. And he's like, well, then you better leave. Like that, that felt a little bit more, okay, he's being a dick, but he's not like humiliating her about her job mm-hmm. or, right. you know? I, I do think it plays a, a slight role in, in world building and just uh, character building. Because I think Mal is supposed to be, uh, like Meg said, he's supposed to be that veteran who's kind of backwoods, and yeah. you know mm-hmm. he, he he's from the outer planets or or, or whatever, and he's kind of ha- supposed to have, I guess, viewpoints that are contrary to other people. I don't think he's put down enough. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that the other characters put him in his place mm-hmm. the way yeah. he should be for those viewpoints. Uh, but I do think that he's supposed to be contrary. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think Inara is supposed to play against that. And Kaylee is supposed to be kind of a, uh, almost a, a daughter figure to him. Mm-hmm. Cause like whenever they had that scene where she just, you know, like uh, revives from being shot and they have that like moment together. I think that's yeah. such a great scene between them. And I think you see Nathan Fillion, honestly, that's the first time I thought Nathan Fillion was ever cute. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he he was likable in that scene. I think maybe that's my issue is that his character sometimes is a little unbalanced. But I mean, like I said, like he's attractive. And when he's charming, he's very charming. Mm-hmm. But when he's a dick, he's like such a dick. Yeah. Um, yep. And I, and I, he's, I, I think he's, he's 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 a weird kind of, you know, traumatized and mm-hmm. kind of sexist character honestly yeah 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 i think um that was what was weird for me going into this series um because like i said i watched like the first five episodes but this was that was like eight years ago so i didn't really remember much um i think it felt very like heterosexual to me (laughs) 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 like like i could be like this show feels like aggressively heterosexual like it really like the the women all get shot. The River Tam, who's like, I know eventually becomes super powerful, is just like a naked girl in a box. Yeah. And they all constantly like, comment mm. on her looks. 
Like she's all the time. not all there. She's clearly like got got issues and and is is you know basically like a child. And yet they're all constantly commenting on her looks, and it is so uncomfortable. Joss loves a damaged waif who can kick your ass. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Um, Very true. But I do I do really love Zoe and Mal's dynamic. I think Zoe and yeah. Mal's dynamic is really interesting. I love platonic friendships. I love their backstory. I love the way that her relationship with Mal creates tension in her marriage. I love her marriage. I love her relationship with Wash. I yeah, and I mean I love Mal. I love the Mal and Kaylee dynamic. I love that Jane is such, such, such a creepy jerk, but that scene of him crouching, hidden, just so worried that Kaylee's going to die on the operating table. Like, yeah. little yeah. moments like that where the character development is so good. And, like, and and I agree. Like, I think that Mal is supposed to be a damaged character. I, I think he is supposed to be super flawed. And he's just flawed in a way that I have a really hard time watching with his with his treatment of Inara. And I think the show's treatment of Inara in general is, is such a toxic combination. that That's the part of this series that I have a hard time with. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think that, especially with with the lenses we have now, um, it was meant to be problematic, but I don't <laughs> think that they course corrected it enough. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think he was meant to have those viewpoints, but I think that he was supposed to, I, I, I feel like he, he was supposed to grow as a character, but we never really got to yeah. see, you know, Firefly grow. You know, I, I know they have the, uh, the comic books, but I'm not really right, yeah. all caught up with the comic books right now, <laughs> but all of, all of the characters are extremely flawed. I love Zoe and Walsh and how Walsh always feels like seconded to Mal. Um, yeah. And, and you feel that. And he, mm-hmm. he, he's so funny and he uses humor as kind of like a, a shield. He's like, Kirk, you're sudden but inevitable betrayal. I, I love that yes. scene. He's, he, <laughs> I, I love them so much. And yeah. really, I, I will say Walsh. Yeah, when we got the scene of him playing with the dinosaurs, I like immediately was like, "Oh, I forgot he dies in the movie. I'm upset." <laughs> <laughs> every so time sad. I see Wash, every time I see Wash, it's all I can think about. Like, yeah, he's gonna die. That's the dead guy right there. Dead <laughs> yeah, walking. About that too. Yeah, <laughs> because like even the movie out of context, I was like upset when I saw that scene, and like oh, I yeah. haven't seen the whole show. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's funny too because Book also dies in the movie, but you never think that when you see Book. You don't. Mm-hmm. I actually was going to say that because I think when I saw the movie, I thought that character was a new character in the movie. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but I didn't realize he was from the show as well. Because there are, in the movie, right, there are a few characters yeah. that are new. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's also, isn't it like, I can't remember that actor's name. The like, he was in a lot of movies when like, <clears throat> we were younger, Kirsten and Meg. Uh, the guy that plays, <laughs> he's like in that control panel and he ends up dying. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that guy's in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. So he was like he was new for the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I think he was. Yeah. Um. So I I think I yeah I didn't I yeah. But so yes. So um we get I do Kirsten you mentioned um the like running joke of patients who tried to shoot him. I do like that, mm-hmm. and I do like that we kind of get like a little bit of a payoff with that where yeah. we meet. Her. I didn't think we were even gonna meet her. I thought it was just gonna be like a gag. Yeah. Um. And I like that when he gets off the call with her, he's like. I reckon she's trying to shoot me again. And I was like, okay, because that was very obvious from the call that like something shady was going on. Yeah. And I liked that it wasn't like, ooh, we have no idea this is a trap. It was like, we know this is a trap, but we're going to go and see anyway. Yeah. I think the, the humor in this 
pilot episode it's subtle but hilarious especially yeah. that yeah. one um scene i feel like we're skipping around a little bit but that one yeah, scene yeah. between uh, uh doc simon and mal where he's like mm. he's dead and then you have that slow-mo him running <laughs> to the room to the emergency room to see like if she's actually dead yeah they're laughing about it he's like yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it just it was hilarious to me it also it gives you it gives you the feeling of their ongoing use of gallows humor. Like you know that that's the kind of fucking yeah. joke that they make on this ship, and it gives you a better sense of who they are as people and how fucked up they are. <laughs> you're stuck together. Like if you're on a ship like that, you're stuck together. I, I know on my deployment, I was stuck with my crew like all the time, and right. I, I, I feel like the humor and the kind of like connection you have with people you're stuck with all the time is so different than just uh, people you see just willingly, you know, occasionally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can kind of see that humor build within this. And I, I loved the setup of the ship. I love the setting. They actually used the uh, the main lounge as their, the lounge for the show, mm-hmm. um, I found out. And that's, uh, honestly, I, I feel like I kind of veered a little bit, but I love the setting. It's like cozy sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that the ship feels like home. Yeah. I, and I love what a piece of junk the ship is, too. Like, it's not... Yes. shiny it's not nice like you do it does like they do a good job of the sense of like this could all fall apart at any moment um and i do i feel like it's an i feel like it's an iconic shit like um they do, do it's a another really character job. really it's a yeah. character in the yeah. show i feel like yeah and well i mean yeah i think i mean i'm someone who hasn't even watched all of firefly but i think of that ship as a pretty like in the realm of sci-fi like mm-hmm. ships i think of that yeah. as like an iconic ship like i recognize it Oh, I mean, yeah. it shows up as an Easter egg in other sci-fi properties. Like people yeah. will spot it in the middle of a battle, or like docked at a space station. People, uh, people definitely recognize it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. on this rewatch, I was struck by the industrial design. Reminded me very strongly of Battlestar Galactica. Like it has that same. I mean, because Battlestar Galactica is a wagon train in space, you can you can use a lot of the same Western uh, iconography. But just the, mm-hmm. the shapes of things and the, the weird analog feel of the tech and the insectile shapes of the hulls uh, reminded me. I wondered if there were any designers that the two series had in common because it was very similar for me. So I'm not sure if they had designers in common, but I know they had Easter eggs throughout. So like uh, in, mm-hmm. in one of the, the scenes when they were docking, they actually had an Imperial ship in the background. From Star oh, Wars. hey. Yeah. And they referenced Star Wars a couple times, but I think Star Wars ex- exists in that universe as like a... Like it, it was a property, and then uh, in the background of some scenes, you'll see a twelve-inch Han Solo, uh, you know, like frozen in bicarbonate. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, this owes a lot to that. Like the the ship is very much like the Millennium Falcon. Mal is very yeah. Han Solo type. Like he is. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about um our introduction to River Tam and Simon. Mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm. One, Sean Mayer is very handsome. He looks like Clark Kent. He um, does. And I think he's also a really good actor. Like, I like, he's playing, he does a really good job of playing the part of just, like, the serious guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he makes him likable, because I always find yeah. those characters so boring, but I, I still mm-hmm. found him likable. And are him and, him and River, are they twins, or are they just, they're just brother and sister? He's her older brother. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love his speech about introducing River to them where he said, very smart, gifted is the term. I'm like, yes, that's how I also introduce myself to people. Um, <laughs> yeah. Gifted is yeah, the term. Yeah. Gifted and talented like, in fifth grade. stupid in comparison. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was a good setup, but, but yeah, listening to that speech was, it was pretty funny, but I agree. And I think that the reason why he works so well is because, you know, we see his loyalty to his sister. And I think that that softens him and humanizes him so that even though he is kind of like the serious one, it may, it's that sort of inroad for like, Oh, I, I like this about this person. So I, I agree. My notes have put that first, you, you see Dr. Simon and he's posh and pompous and you don't get any connection to him, but it isn't mm-hmm. until like they open uh, the case and Summer Glau comes out and she makes me tear up in her first sentence. <laughs> she, 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 oh my gosh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But, um, and then you're like, oh, that's his motivation. That's why mm-hmm. he's here. I do like that Mal eventually immediately dresses him down as a rich kid and and takes stock of what he values and what's important to him. And you still get the sense that he might be a villain. That's not fully resolved, but he at least cares for something that is more vulnerable than himself. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I liked that scene where they're all arguing, like, even though I knew, so we get the scene when he goes to open the box and like, I, I can't remember. I, I'm not sure if I would have felt the tension if I didn't know who was in. Like, I knew that it was River, um, but I felt like I was like, oh, because you you know that Simon's just trying to protect his sister, and that's why mm-hmm. he's, like, freaking out. Um, and then, like, Jane, like, grips him up and whatever. I I, I did really like that scene. And, yeah, and I thought um, River, uh, River Tam is, like, I have, a, I have a weird relationship with her character because I can remember, because I saw the movie, and I knew... Mm-hmm. that she is basically kind of like a vampire slayer she's has all these powers um and you know i saw her kill all the reavers i it was weird watching her like she does she not really do much fighting throughout the show because i thought no. she did she, some. She, she really doesn't she stays in traumatized mode a lot of it mm-hmm. um and, and you can see how traumatized she is I, I i they don't explore it until later but she is so you know he's he, he Simon says how much they messed with her brain because she's like a uber genius or whatever. But like, like it shows like she came out of the box and, and she's like, they're after me, you know, yeah. they want me to talk. And it's just the way Summer Glau, like, like, like talks about her words. It almost reminds me of Alison Hannigan when Alison Hannigan cries, mm-hmm. but like, like, but, but it's like a verbal how she says it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love Summer Glau. Yeah, I thought she was she was really good, and I thought her and um, Sean Mayer had like really good brother sister chemistry. They do, um, and I and I I just you know I mean some actors just don't have that kind of chemistry, mm-hmm. and they did, and I really did. It was like, oh no, I want him to protect his sister. Like you, Mal. I mean, again, Mal goes back to him. He's supposed to be a flawed character, but he's such a dick about it. And I I almost kind of get it's like, oh, but now you've put all of these people in trouble. But I just I liked that the crew more backed river and simon than they did mal mm-hmm. with this well it, it, it was an ultimatum too like it, simon took advantage of the situation he was like hey i'm not gonna save kaylee unless you you know run the course and you run away and i like that about him at first 12 yeah. year old me didn't like that i was like you're really gonna let her die but like me now looking back at it i was like that's a good decision like you're taking care of your sister you don't owe allegiance to anybody else on the ship at least not yet and mm-hmm. I, I think Simon did a good job. But let's also talk about the fact that the only reason he was able to save her compared to everybody else who went to that school was because he was rich and he was well-connected. Right. He could pull something off that almost nobody could. And mm-hmm. it, it, his privilege is active throughout. I think that's one of the reasons Kaylee's so attracted to him. Is she's tired of being a space rat. Mm-hmm. A rich doctor looks pretty good. 
<laughs> yeah, she, she uh, romanticizes I, him throughout the entire uh, episode, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And and I like that he's upfront about it, that he doesn't act like he saved her because he's so smart or he, he just has a lot of money and connections. And, yeah. and I think that makes you like him more too, where he's very upfront about why this worked. He's like, I had yes. privilege and I used it. Yes. Yep. I, For my own game, you know, but still. <laughs> I didn't Whatever. expect him to say that. And I did like that. He was just like, yep, this is why. Um, and so I can't remember. Does Kelly get shot before or after that? She's at, it's after that, right? No, she gets shot before. And that's why Mount opens the, the crate because he wants to know oh, what right. got yeah. Kaylee like, shot. Let, let's see what a man like you would kill for. And he's like, huh? Right, right, right. Um, so <laughs> yeah, when Kaylee got shot, I actually felt like, because <gasps> I already felt like, oh, I think she's my favorite character. And like mm-hmm. by the end of this, I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure she's my favorite character. So um, she's just like so nice and sweet. And I like oh, that yeah. she lives in this like shitty fucking ship. You know, her, like you said, her, even her like fancy umbrella had a hole in it. And like, she's just so upbeat and so happy. Mm-hmm. She's like happy to be there, you know? And I, and I, and I also liked, um, her and Anara's dynamic. I liked that, you know, while Mal is busy slut shaming Anara, she's just like, hey, you. And then when she's like, oh, like, I bet they fell in love with you. Like, she's not, it's like they're just friends. There's not, yeah. I don't know. She feels yeah. like a little sister to me for Anara. Yeah. yeah. Anara is like kind of like mentoring her in a way, you know, uh, through womanhood. I, I, yeah. I love Kaylee and I think she, she loves being on the ship. She loves firefly more than anybody mm-hmm. but probably mal and and you can you, you you can tell her love for that shit all the time like she's constantly stroking the deck plates like it's a dog that knows it's being petted and she's <laughs> she's turbo likable yeah. yeah she is yeah she's as likable yeah. as chewbacca and she can talk <laughs> <laughs> she has better and hair. she has just as good of hair in space there i have one note that was like dang kaylee's hair is really good in space like i, I, I love that, that we both talked about her hair <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah i love here's and alistair both of you immediately saying she has good hair yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah and i think uh what's her name jewel her first name i think her name is yeah, yeah. she has a very likable face like it's just yeah. very like oh this is a person i want to be friends with because they're probably very nice and then oh she is very nice i, um, I honestly wish she was I, i've always wished that she was in more things yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I look for her because I think she does such a good job in mm-hmm. Firefly and Serenity that I'm, I'm yeah. surprised that she she hasn't been on any other properties. That's I think something. a lot of people from this show had trouble getting work. I mean, aside from Marina Bakarin, who finally found her way into the MCU, these are <laughs> disappearing faces. And, and Nathan Fillion, yeah. he, he's done well because he did this and then he did Castle. Yeah, yeah he's, he's had like, like he's had like the David Boreanaz career. Yeah, <laughs> it's the exact same trajectory. Yeah, it's I, not I, even it's not extraordinary talent. It's not even extraordinary handsomeness. It's like a, a bland white guy aesthetic with a decent jawline and a good agent. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a real good agent because I yeah. I googled him after this because I was like, oh, is he in anything now? And he, there's like a show that he's in called The Rookie that I've never heard of. That's like on its third season. Uh, I don't wow. think he's like left. <laughs> I don't think he's like left TV since Firefly. But, but he's always said that he'd love to come back to Firefly. And mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would love, I know we did Serenity and a couple of people died, but I would love to see them like in their 50s, 60s doing like, yeah. a Firefly sequel. 
Firefly the Next Generation, I'm 100% there. I will write that fucking pilot. Somebody call me. <laughs> I mean, I think with the shows like Picard, which I, I don't have CBS All Access, so I haven't watched yet, but I've been meaning to watch. I think shows like Picard are kind of like showing, look, people are interested because I feel like, you know, like I've I've read so many interviews with Sam Michelle Gellar where she's like, I'm too old to do Buffy. And it's like, no, that's interesting for me. That yeah. is interesting. <laughs> Buffy's character... the oldest Slayer, period. Yeah. That is the longest like, life a Slayer has ever had. I would exactly. love to know what that's like. Yeah. Like that is an interesting story to tell, especially when it's a series like, I fine, sure. I can buy that maybe younger people wouldn't be as interested in that. But like the people that grew up with what XYZ show, I think are interested in a story of those characters when they are older. Like, I would like to see where these characters are and what they're doing and, you know, how they're still functioning. You know, this crew, like you said, at 50 or 60, how they're still functioning, like being on the run and shooting guns and being in like these big space fights. I think that is an interesting story. Oh, you be careful what you wish for though, because the Gilmore Girls revival made me retroactively hate oh. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was so like, oh, bad. they're such terrible people. They must always have been terrible people. I hate everything now. <laughs> I think if it's done well, and I, I, I think regardless of, of whether it's Firefly, which I definitely want to see brought back, but regardless yeah. of whether it's Firefly, I, I think it'd be great to see more uh, properties uh, with people, you know, who are just casually in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, yeah just let like, actors age. Like 40 years old. I don't understand why, like, every show just, like, centers around people between, like, uh, 15 and, and 40 years old it's because of yeah. sex like come yeah. on just cough it yeah. up that's why but uh imagine imagine mal trying to explain to the next generation who didn't serve who weren't in this fight that yeah. the alliance isn't their friends like try try to explain to some some tiktokers that they can't you know put their information into the system and here's why and he slowly has to educate them about mm -hmm. how we got here because all of that history is suppressed they don't know about miranda they don't know about anything and he could be like irascible grandpa Mal. Mm -hmm. I love that. I would yeah. love that for him. Yeah. But like with also a couple of like, hey, you know, I learned a couple of things along the Exactly. Like they could teach him some stuff. Man, I could yeah. write this. <laughs> it would be great. I, 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 I feel like Firefly is interesting because it's almost uh it's basically the story of the reconstruction from the Civil War. Yeah. Is this all stuff that like do they so I know that we got that big intro with the space war which i found to be too much is that all like do we like slowly get like more information about that as the show goes on so i think that joss intended for this to be a long burn not unlike mm -hmm. buffy where the meta plot takes you through five six seven series seasons mm -hmm. but uh the first season you get very little you get you get piece by piece of the alliance mm -hmm. is bad and here's why and then they mm -hmm. front load it super hard into the movie because these are the things you were supposed to know all along okay. like this is this is how miranda happened and it's man it's such a waste like it really would have been a beautiful slow burn it's it's it, oh it's so regrettable that fox did that it's so yeah fuck fox now and forever but <laughs> interesting fact the uh for the first scene all of those costumes were from uh super troopers not super troopers oh Storm troopers. starship troopers Storm troopers. starship troopers yeah that that makes sense they look super familiar i got it yeah. yeah. Well, as soon as you said Super Troopers, I was like, oh, he means Starship Troopers? I, I don't because, know yes, why I said Super is. Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not from Super Troopers. <laughs> They're on like short shorts. That yeah, that makes sense, though, because yeah, it did look. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it did look familiar. Uh, yeah, I 
But so, okay, so I can remember the, the, I feel like when I was watching this, the first half hour, I was like, this is slow. I don't know that I like it. And mm. then when I looked at the time again, it was like, oh, I only have 26 minutes left of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, So I do feel like once we got into it, it did pick up. I did really like um, them going to see patients and there being that shootout. And then right after we get the Reavers chase, yeah. but it was very weird that like, the Reavers are talked about, but we don't see them. Do we only see them in the movie? You you see someone sort of become one? In yeah, like I, I, I feel very... like they hadn't led into it yet. That was another thing. Early for that, because I, th- I think he was saving that for for later. It was also supposed to be a slow burn and just didn't mm. get to be. But like, yeah, I man. think you could have kept the Reavers as like the boogeyman for the first two or three mm-hmm. episodes. Like We didn't even need the chase. Just yeah. keep them as an existential threat that people talk about, but we never see. Like, that's tension. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We really didn't need it. And I, I feel like the first episode kind of reminds me of Buffy season one, where it's like, uh, but then in retrospect, you like it. Yes. Yeah. It's so much better the second time. It is. Yeah. It is. Right. Because you know the characters now. And you can right. appreciate all the character moments. And that's what I think I really like about this episode is the character moments. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I mean, I think it did have some pretty good, like there was a couple times when I was like, ooh, I want to screenshot this. Like there was a couple of really good, like very Joss, like lines of dialogue in this episode. Yeah. And like with puns and shit like that. Um, Even which spoiler was one of my favorite scenes. Like when, so I don't even remember what the lawman, the guy who's Ken from Buffy, when Mm -hmm. he's like going throughout the ship and he like grabs River. Like I thought all of that was really good seeing those characters it was mm-hmm. like, oh, the like the the you know, Zoe and Mal and uh Jane are off ship because they're the ones that are like the fighters with the guns. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, the characters that aren't the fighters kind of have to like figure out what they're gonna do with this. Fend for themselves. Yeah, and I like that it, this was very just to me of like him being like, You're not gonna shoot me, blah blah blah. And then Mal just walks up and shoots him right away. And then the I love that ship. scene. Oh my love god. That. I it love reminds it. me of the scene him. with uh, Indiana Jones in the marketplace with the guy with the fancy sword and Jones just oh, yeah. guns him down looking totally disgusted. Man, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I thought that scene was like really, like I like legit laughed out loud, but it was like so good because like Mal is like, we gotta go. This is bullshit. We don't have time for this. Throw him off the ship. Like I gotta yep. shoot him and kill him. Get Dude, rid of him. Mal don't give a shit. Mal, yeah. Mal, Mal no. really don't give a shit. He's like, we got a mission to do. Let's do it. And then I'll... Mm-hmm. I like that they played with Jane throughout the episode where you're, you're not sure if he's going to turn on them or not. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he has Nal in his sights. Yeah. Yes. He's shoot him. Yeah. You're like, are you the Jesse of this episode? So because I remember there being an episode and I don't know when this happens. I remember there being an episode where like he puts uh, Jane in an airlock and he's about to like release mm-hmm. him and they have like yeah. a big scene. I was like, mm, is he bad? Is it leading up to that scene where like, oh, he is actually bad, but I guess not. Jane has an episode, which I'm, I'm sure you can get to later, but I love that episode where like, it, it's just totally focused on his character. Mm-hmm. They shoot, they, they shoot all of Patience's men. Um, he kind of, you know, gives her the whatever. But what is it like food? I guess I thought it was gold bars, it was but it's like food, food right? Yeah. 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 Which I thought was clever too, because they did stage it so that you thought it was money and then it turns out, no, this incredibly valuable thing is food. It's nutrition. Yeah. It, it readjusts you to it readjusts you to how lowly their plight is, how really oppressed they are. Like nobody's moving money, nobody's moving guns. Like you're literally just trying to feed people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do like that. I think that's 
something you don't often see even in like something like star wars or something like that you don't get that like oh no these people are just trying to eat they're literally like fighting to exist yeah um, which, which i do like as like a you know that's not even a metaphor right that's that's just like what it is in space and i like that yeah, it's that's like just the future travel survival yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's also very western in, in a way because yeah. uh, just because like that i think the 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 last third of the episode just feels like a western you know it does shootout. i mean you get horses you get dusty trails you get the shootout you get mm-hmm. all of it and then yeah. you get a spaceship so then they get in the ship and we find out the reavers are chasing them yep and they have this I, I liked it. I, I liked this is a point when I liked Mal and Anara's back and forth when he's like, yeah. get the civilians in your ship. Like, if anything happens, just like leave. And she's mm-hmm. kind of like, I can't leave you guys. And he's like, nope, take them like they got it. I want I like he this is where it's like, oh, OK, this is a likable aspect of Mal is that it's also it's the only time he's tender with her. Like he's giving yeah. her difficult instructions but he also like reaches out and touches her shoulder and they share a significant glance and i'm a whore for a significant glance (laughs) (laughs) it's very very tender it's weird and i'm not sure if it's character acting or intentional but i i I do feel a connection between those two yeah Yeah. oh yeah no they're 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 pet they're it's simmering chemistry all the time like as much Mm -hmm. as he disguises it with his hatred for her and his disdain for her there's obviously a history yeah it's it's that whole he's only he's only teasing you because he likes you. Which oh, is, you're right. It is that. <laughs> but that's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's only um, teasing your hair because he thinks you're cute. Okay. <laughs> it's like cool. Well, maybe don't call me a whore then. Like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it, Kirsten. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I like I liked that scene, and I liked that. Mm-hmm. For me, that's like a like he's being. Like you said, he he is giving her tough instructions, but he's not being an asshole. It's just like, this is what it is. Like, it has to right. be this way. Somebody has to live. To, yeah, I want people to survive. I don't want everyone to die. And like, for me, that's a way more likable sternness. And he's, like you said, he touches her shoulder, but then he kind of pulls back, right? And for mm-hmm. me, that's, I'm kind of the same way, Meg. Like, I love shit like that, where it's like, oops, I showed you that I might like you. That's mm-hmm. the kind of shit I do like in a yep. like, ship. I don't like it to be them calling each other gross names. Um, yeah, no, it's but, way better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like every character kind of got their moment to shine because this is kind of yeah. Blosh's moment where we get to see what a good pilot he is, where he's like, what is he? He's like, oh, I thought of something they can't do. And he goes backwards. It I was, was like, like crazy oh. Ivan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, the thing where he flips the nacelles so that they'd oppose each other and he does like a, a 360, that's, that's some fancy work. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is some fancy work and i watching it back i i think for the time the effects were really great yeah I, I i feel like the effects don't like justify everything nowadays you know like yeah because I, I i think joss Whedon probably wanted really cool spacey moments and we got some cool spacey moments that weren't as cool as they were supposed to be mm-hmm. i agree yeah i definitely remember like seeing commercials for this and thinking, wow, these are really good effects. Like, you know, forever ago when it was first starting to air, like I can remember thinking how good those effects were. And looking back, I'm like, mm, they're very of the time. <laughs> Wait, Ian, did he say remastered Firefly with new effects? What? <laughs> I would buy that re-release. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I mean again, I really liked the end. Like I the last 45 minutes mm-hmm. were like very engaging. I thought mm-hmm. Because we, because they did give us the like boring setup, I, 
it felt like these characters, it was like, oh, now I genuinely care for like each one of these characters, except for Jane. Um, and like, you know, feel torn about Mal, but like you cared about the crew. You wanted them to survive. You wanted them to just be cool. And I liked that Mal at the end was like, when he's talking to Simon, he's like, I had a really good day. And Simon's like, this was a good day for you. <laughs> I thought that was, for me, that was very charming. That like yeah. Simon, yeah. who's like kind of, you know, uppity is like, this was a good day. And Mal's like, yeah, we're alive. So it was a good day. <laughs> it's funny well, that whole exchange is really good too, where Simon's like, how do I know you won't just kill me in my sleep? And Mal's like, if I ever kill you, we'll be face to face and you'll be armed. Like yeah. that sums him up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's promising that he won't. Yeah, I just I I thought we had a couple of good beats at the end there. I liked that mm-hmm. Zoe is like, uh, Mal, I need you to take uh, command of the ship because I need my <laughs> husband to rip my clothes off right now. I thought that was like a really good because she also throughout the episode is kind of more like the straight serious character. Very much so. Yeah. She's number one, so she's straight man all the time. And I like wow. her getting a beat of like, oh, my like kind of nerdy husband. I'm very attracted to him and we're going to go have sex. Like, I thought that was a, I don't know. I like that. I like that beat. Also, I just kept thinking, oh, but he dies. <laughs> I think throughout this episode and really the show is the characters. I think the character acting mm-hmm. and the fact that I feel like each of them have a special relationship, like an organic special relationship with, with all the other characters that are. Yeah. I think it's amazing because like, I, you don't get that so much in, in, in other shows or movies. Ultimately, I think that's Joss's strength. Joss can create an ensemble. He can create an ensemble that you believe in, that you're invested in, that has that complex web of relationship. Like that, if nothing else, is his legacy. His gift of how to how to tie an ensemble together. That's his gift. And amazing dialogue. Oh yeah, Meg. I was really about to say that. Like, no matter like what you, where you land on him, like his like projects, he the ensembles he gets like the casting and the writing like he is it's always a perfect storm of like bringing these characters together where like you get the chosen family vibe mm-hmm. um and i mean for me that's why dollhouse didn't work that well because it wasn't yeah. it never quite got there Still. man i could talk all day about what was wrong with dollhouse <laughs> i love the dollhouse <laughs> that'll be another that'll be another okay. podcast yeah, yeah. Well, i i have um, that same note in my notes i say it's such a good group dynamic and also Mm. one thing that i find really fascinating is usually in a group you have this is you know this is this person's role this is this person's role this is this person's role and you have that but also in this dynamic on this ship you have three people who are kind well four actually nora right although that's not necessarily her role you have kaylee who's sweet and kind you have book who's genuinely caring and kind and you have Walsh, who's a kind person and I yeah. really like that. I like that, you know, you have Jane who's who's about as far down on likability as you can get and still sort of care about the character. You have yeah. Mal who can be, you know, a huge dick. Um, and but he's still likable. And but then you have you have several characters in this group who are kind. And I feel like that doesn't happen very often. And it's hard to do. It's hard to write characters who are good and kind and keep them compelling. And yeah. and this did that. And I really admire that. Me too. It shouldn't be rare. You're right. It shouldn't be rare, but it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It is. And I think, yeah, like I think a lesser writer and a lesser actor would have made Kaylee just annoying. I think Kaylee wouldn't have been oh, yeah. as likable, but she totally, is yeah, so she's, likable. She's like one degree mm-hmm. off 
uh, just a mouse on Rescue Rangers gadget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's one degree off gadget who I can't fucking stand, but she infuses her with so much love. I, I do think the casting was on point, and I I, I think that uh, Shepard Booker did a good job at being like like I, I think Mal wanted to fit him into whatever box he has for you know Shepard and Shepard yeah. kept on you know stepping outside of that box, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we got to see him. You know, he wasn't a dick to Inara. It's like I'm gonna lecture see- you. You know. Uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't think either of us want this. So, yeah, but yeah. I got food for you. Like, and he also, you know, he's the one that first beats up the lawmaker. He's like the one that disarms mm-hmm. him the first time. Yeah, it's it's um, time to flip the tables and get rid of the money changers. Like, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. Uh, do we have anything else before we do our grading and favorite scenes? Um. No. OK, so my my favorite scene, it was a tie between. Uh, Mal shooting the lawman and throwing, him, throwing his body off the ship. And also, I really liked drugged up Kelly, just like being happy and smiley yeah. and like thinking the best of Mal, even though he's he's like says, no, I'm just a grumpy old man, which did make me Google how old he was then. And he was younger than me. So I'm going to walk into the ocean after, <laughs> oh, so, yes. after we finish recording this. Join hands and walk into the sea. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Kirsten, what was your favorite scene? Um, I You know, it's hard to choose because I feel like there are so many moments in this in this that are so iconic to the series, like the curse your son but inevitable betrayal. Um, and I, you know, if you hadn't already picked it, I probably would pick Mal walking on and just shooting the guy. Um, but I really, really love that scene where Kaylee's in surgery and you see how everybody's reacting to it. Mal's in the room both to watch what happens and also to loom menacingly. Um, and and then you see Jane crouching out, and I just from a sheer writing point of view, like that single character detail does so much heavy lifting for Jane for the rest of the series um, in terms of softening him and in terms of giving him just that glimmer of likability in the midst of terribleness that like, I just think it's a genius moment. All right. Uh, Meg, what's your favorite scene? My favorite scene is after Wash does that incredibly complicated maneuver and like ignites the atmosphere and fucks up the reavers. Uh, Kaylee is all by herself. No one is observing her, and she reaches out and pets her ship and tells her ship that she is good and that she did her job. That is such a small interaction with an inanimate object, and it's perfect information on who she is and what she values. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Alistair, are you? What's your favorite scene? So, I feel like a, a lot of us have Kaylee. <laughs> our favorite. <laughs> um, but my favorite scene is uh, when Kaylee wakes up from surgery. And her interaction with Mal, I, I think it's just so pure, and uh, like like they genuinely care about each other, and that's the first time you see Mal like legitimately, I, I, I think, put his feelings on the table, and not like like that's him as a likable character. And at mm-hmm. that point, I decided I like you, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, now we're gonna grade it. Uh, Meg, what grade do you give it? <sighs> First episode, I think Kirsten is absolutely right. It needs a knife, uh, but it's so promising and there's so much good in it and there's so much important character work. I'm going to say it's a solid B. Okay. Uh, Alistair? Okay. Don't hate me because I always love a bunch of just extra stuff. Just I, I, I love extra stuff. So um, <laughs> I'm going to give it an A+. Plus. I know a lot of people <laughs> need to be, be, be cut, but I, I'm always a... a, a, a uh, I love content. I love content. Nobody mm-hmm. hates you, bro. Somebody has to read the Cimmerillion. 
Alistair, you are the Kaylee of the group. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kirsten, what grade do you give it? Um, I'm going to go similar to Meg. I think I'm going to give it a B because I do feel like there was a lot um, that, you know, it could have been condensed. It could have been cut. But watching it, I got so excited knowing what episodes were coming up. And so knowing, I think, what it builds toward, I feel like it does a good job of that. And it makes me excited to watch the rest of it. Um, so maybe even, a, yeah, like a B plus. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I, I land the same as Meg. I give it a B. Um, because I do, I mean, I, I think the first half needed to be edited, but um, I think you're right, Kirsten. Like, even me, like I said, I've only watched, like, five episodes. I was kind of like, oh, cool. I'm excited to cover this for the podcast and talk about it with everyone. Um, I, I found myself liking the dynamics. I, yeah, I think, you know, while it could have been shorter, there are also worse pilots, first episodes. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. Well, thank you guys for doing this. Um, thank you all for listening. If you like SlayerFest 98, you can find us on social media at SlayerFestX98. You can also find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. And you can support us on Patreon, which is where the rest of our Firefly episodes will be featured. And we'll be going through every episode and then the movie. Um, and if you like me, if you want to follow me on social, you can find me at IanXCarlos. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a good rating if you like us uh kirsten where can everyone find you so i am on twitter at at kirsten white i'm on instagram at arthur kirsten white or you can find me on the shelves of your local bookstore my book slayer and chosen are set in the world of buffy the vampire slayer and meg where can everyone find you everybody should read slayer and chosen because they're so fucking good and kirsten's an incredible <laughs> writer just real quick uh you can find me at <laughs> you can find me at MeggieListen.com. I'm MeggieListen on Twitter. Uh, my books are on Amazon and available through all of your independent sellers. And uh, I'm Megan Elison on Instagram because some Mormon kid is camping my name. <laughs> uh, Alistair, where can everyone find you? So I'm Alistair Reviews on YouTube. I review mostly books. And then I'm also Alistair J. Patton on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok because I decided to get with that young kid stuff. Because <laughs> Alistair is a youth and the rest of us are not. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.